Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 13th of June, 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Hong Kong has been prominent in the world news in recent days. There is both too much and not too much to say. As we listen this week to the first story from Becky and the second from Tracy, we will be reflecting on how hard it is to make decisions that we can all live with. Before we get to today's stories, though, a huge heartfelt thank you goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We love this city, and we're grateful for the support that you give our small organization. Thank you, Hong Kong. Thanks go out today, too, to our listeners around the world, especially listeners in Gata de Garros in Spain, Dorchester Centre in Maryland in the USA, and Forestville in Australia. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. June 26 is our next live show and our storytellers are busy rehearsing and refining their stories so that they're ready for the stage. You can find tickets to see them at the Fringe Club through the link on our website at hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now from a show from January 2019, performed before a live audience at the Fringe Club. Here is Becky. One day morning, I was working in the office. My mobile rang. It was my father. He said, Sai Sai, I fall down. Come back and help me. Sai Sai, I fall down. Come back and help me. I tried over an hour, but I could not get up. He repeated. I asked him loudly, Do you get hurt? Do you get hurt? He said, Huh? Huh? Sai Sai, I fall down. Come back and help me. My father was diagnosed of Parkinson's disease. The disease had weakened his limbs from the time being. The doctor had advised him to use the walking aid even at home, but he did not listen. Due to ability of a man, especially my father, he thought he could still manage it without a walking aid. He was a strong man when he was young. When he went hiking with his, with his friends, he always wanted to be the number one to reach to the peak. He liked hiking, and I liked hiking too because of him. He taught me hiking since I was young, since I was a kid. He was a quiet person, but he talked a lot when we were on the mountains. He had never told me he wanted to hike Mount Kinabulu in Sabah. It is the place he was born. But he had not returned for over 30 years. I'm glad 
I made a trip with my parents in 2010 to Sabah, and I hiked with my father to Kinabulu. We reached to the peak and saw the beautiful sunrise. He was 66 years old at that time, the oldest in the group. I know it is very hard for him to accept he can he cannot walk without a walking aid. At the later stage, he even need to sit on the wheelchair and rely on someone in his daily life, including eating, going to the toilet, and taking a shower, etc. During that period of time, all of us suffered. My, my mother told me she was very scared when she heard the peeling plant sounds. It means that my father fell down somewhere at home, hit something, and caused the sound. I was also heartbroken when I saw my father fell down and could not get up on his own. I have lived in lift him up several times when I was at home. I didn't know what to do because it is not his first time to fall down. My mother was busy outside and the helper was on leave. The only choice for me is to go help or I'll call emergency services. I could not find out whether he was seriously hurt from him because his hearing was bad and could not hear my question. And a friend who was a doctor had told me the Parkinson disease patient have no feeling on their limbs. They may not even know they have gotten hurt. For example, a manufacturer you cannot tell from the outside. But it was more than that. I knew my father did not want the emergency services to go for him because it might lead him being taken to the hospital and losing even more control over his situation. On one hand, it may be an easy decision for you, but for me, it was very hard. I was crying when I called Lai 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 to tell them my home address. I knew my father must feel being betrayed when he saw the ambulance man picking him to the hospital for examination. He was angry at me when I visited him after work that night. He was discharged from the hospital a few days later. After that incident, I had not received his call again. Mm -hmm.
No one would choose to be in Becky's place when facing such a hard decision, but we're very glad that she chose to share her story with us in a workshop. You can share your story in a workshop too. Go to the website and find out how at hongkongstories.com. Everyone has a story, and we want to hear yours. Our second story today was first told in January 2017, when Tracy told us about being faced with another difficult decision, but along a very different path. We stood together under the glare of the hospital examination lights, hovering over the stainless steel tables. I looked over at my husband, and I could see how scared he looked, and that wasn't reassuring. We watched as an emergency technician took a vial of blood from our baby. They had given him something for the pain and something else to make him sleepy, and they were getting him ready for a scan, but everyone in the room already knew what it was going to show. He had cancer. He was having these seizures caused by advanced lymphoma, which was terminal, and he was very likely going to die. Unless we went for the chemo, which was an option. It wasn't a home run. It was more like a last-ditch Hail Mary. But we could try it. It was going to be an ordeal, and it would have side effects. And it meant that I would have to schlep back and forth from the hospital twice a week, which was not going to be great for my schedule. Um, and it was going to be really expensive, like really expensive. And the medical bills were already piling up. So it was late at night by the time they discharged us. Um, and when they did, it was with a ton of information about the chemotherapy, what it would entail, and financing and payment plans. There was even some information in there about what we could do with the body if we decided not to go for the treatment or if the treatment didn't work out. And I think that was a thing that sent us over the edge into shock. It had come on so quickly, and he was in so much pain, and we had to make a decision within 24 hours, and it was literally life or death. And I remember this so clearly. We walked out into the darkness. It was probably after midnight because we had been at the hospital all day, and I was juggling all the paperwork. And I could see his ears sticking out of his carrier and his nose poking into the night air. And I could hear how weak his meows had become. I looked at my husband and I said, chemotherapy, really? And my husband looked at our cat. And he said, I just wish I knew what Willis wanted us to do. <laughs> and then literally, out of the shadows of the veterinary hospital, a figure emerges. And he says, I can help you with that. <laughs> if you know how to listen, your animal has a voice. And he hands me a card, and the card has one line on it. www.mammalmedium.biz. And I have to admit, in the middle of all of this grief, it was intriguing. So... When we got home and we settled Willis on his pillow on our bed, we fired up the computer and we went online, www.mammalmedium.biz, and we found ourselves on the website of a pet psychic. 
who, for the sake of the story, I will refer to as clairvoyant. <laughs> and Claire specialized in traveling the extrasensory pathway into the minds of domesticated animals. <laughs> and it's two o'clock in the morning, this seemed like the solution to our problem. <laughs> because Claire could read Willis's mind. And she could tell us what he wanted to do. So all we had to do was figure out how to get her on the phone to make an appointment. So the first thing we had to do was register on their website. It asked me for my email address, and I'm like pretty tech savvy, and I keep 10 extra email addresses for this very reason. <laughs> so I put in my favorite one, Chris Pinacho at gmail.com. <laughs> Feel free to email. <laughs> it asks for my birth date, and I'm not about to get my identity stolen, so I put in my grandpa's birthday. And it asks us what kind of animals we care for. Scroll down to the H's and we click on hamster and horse. Boom, boom, click, click, we're registered. Um, we get to see their appointment schedule, and Claire can talk to us the next morning at 9 a.m., which is perfect. Except that I was going to be at home, my husband's going to be at work, but we figure we can use his fancy conference call system to make this happen. So, fine, get to the payment, I give them my credit card information, and we're good to go. And that night, as we got into bed, we knew what we were going to face the next morning was going to be really difficult. But we had the comfort of knowing that we were going to be able to talk to Claire. And Claire was going to be able to talk to Willis. <laughs> and our decision would be made. So 9 a.m. the next morning, I sat in my pajamas in our apartment looking at the phone. And a couple miles away, in his suit and tie, my husband closed the door to his office, and he made the call. Claire answered. She was lovely to speak to, and um, she had a very, very pleasant, soothing voice. She asked us why we were calling. So, a couple miles away, in his suit and tie, my giant, strong husband opens his mouth to tell her, but all he can do is sob. <laughs> but like, sob uncontrollably into the phone to the point where Claire can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> so I take over. And I explain to her that we had adopted Willis when we first moved in together. He's our baby, our pride and joy. He's diagnosed with cancer. They offered us chemo. And, um, and we don't know what to do. Claire says she understands. And she would like to take a moment and resonate with the universe <laughs> and see if she can tune into Willis's mindscape. <laughs> so she puts us on hold for 10 minutes. I put the phone on speaker and I can hear my husband blowing his nose and, and sniffling on the other end. And finally, Claire comes back. And she says, in fact, she was able to dial Willis's frequency <laughs> and commune with him. And Willis feels that his life was like a shooting star. 
It was bright, and it was brilliant, and it was brief, and it was blessed. And he doesn't want to go through the pain of chemotherapy, and he's ready to say goodbye. So that night, we honored his wishes. And the vet came to our house, and we put Willis on his pillow on our bed, and we gathered around him, we had our hands on him, and we put him to sleep together. And it was brief, and it was merciful, and we had this deep sense of comfort that we had done the right thing and that Willis had participated in this decision. And in the days that followed, I had to get used to the fact that the apartment was empty and Willis was no longer there. And one afternoon, I sat down at my computer and an email popped up from Clairvoyant. And my stomach just dropped. I thought, oh my gosh, Willis has a message for us from beyond the grave. So I gathered myself, centered myself, and I opened the email. And it said, Dear Crispy Nacho, your horse has exciting news to share with you. Click here to make an appointment to find out all about your animal's hopes and dreams. $39.95 for the first three minutes, $9.95 each additional minute. We'd been scammed. The mammal medium was spamming us with news of Crispy Nacho's non-existent horse less than a week after Willis had died. It was worse than insult to injury. It was worse than salt in a fresh wound. I mean, Willis's body wasn't even cold. He had been cremated. But, but you know. And I was furious. I reached for the phone to call my husband and tell him that clairvoyant was a con. She can travel the extrasensory pathway to the minds of domesticated animals. This is bullshit. But then I stopped myself, and I thought, yes, I could do that. I could call him, I could tell him all of that, and I could ruin his day. I could. Or I could sit down back at my computer, and I could pay $39.95, and I could find out what Crispy Nacho's horse had to say. Thanks for listening to today's stories, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>